Let's get our Bible up. Let's go. Get your Bible up nice and high. Your Bi Some of y'all, who brought their Bible back again? Look at all these Bi- Man, I feel bad. I didn't bring my Yeah, some of you are like, I'm not going to keep bringing my Bible. Hold up whatever you got today. Some of you are like, I didn't bring it last week. Somebody brought in like four Bibles as a bishop. I didn't bring it last week. I brought it today. Make that, come online. Hold something up, please. Make this declaration. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as the teacher is teaching, hide them in the gift that I might experience revelation, impartation, destiny acceleration, and manifestation in my life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. Go to John 10, John 10. Turn in your Bible or look at the screen, John 10. But even though we're starting a new series, please hear me. The series we just came out of, some of you need to go re-watch the whole series. Because you are your worst enemy. Amen. We all are. And some of you, if you're a visitor, man, you need to go watch that whole series. It's several weeks long and it's a bit. Is it a series worth re-watching? Re it really is. It really is. And we can't stay on series forever. You know, um, the longest series I ever stayed on was when we first taught righteousness. I thought I was going to teach it for two weeks. We taught it for 16 months. And it so changed our church, we made it part of our Bible training center. So you need to go watch that series. Um, some of you need to go rewatch it because it'll really help you. But I'm excited we're starting a brand new series today. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Amplified Classical says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus is talking here. He says, I came that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Ooh, that's good. This is the foundational text for this brand new series we're launching today. We're going to be in this really almost to the end of the year, and um, we got a lot to cover in this. But this is the new series that we're starting, The Abundant Life. Everybody say, The Abundant Life. Ask your neighbor, are you living the abundant life? Yeah, everybody, everybody in this room and online really wants to get um, more out of life. Is that true? How many want to get more out of life? Yeah, if your hand's not up, you just didn't hear what I said. Are you lying? Everybody wants to get more out of life and wants to go to greater levels in your life. You should want to do that till you die. Go to greater levels because if you're not moving, you're stagnant. You should, want to, you should want to do that. But what I want to begin to show you, me and Pastor Aisha are real excited about this series. What, what we want you to really begin to see is concerning the abundant life. God has a, he's already written a proven plan to get you there. Amen and amen. If there, you don't need to recreate the wheel. There's already a proven plan that God has laid out for your life for you to have the abundant life he wants you to have. Two amens. Amen. Now let me give you a statement about the abundant life because we need to qualify it. Abundant life is simply this. It's the superb quality of life in Christ that brings fulfillment fruitfulness, joy, and peace promised to those who will receive it by faith. Amen. By faith is critical. I was having a conversation this morning with somebody. You can, you, you can be in the will of God, but never see the will of God manifest yes. if you don't walk by faith. Yes. 
if you don't have faith action steps, what is faith victory go? Exactly. For the online, if you didn't hear that, corresponding suitable appropriate action steps, what I'm believing God for out of his word. So your faith has to line up with his word. Your action steps have to line up with his word. But you can be in the will of God. You could, hate, you could have the mind of God on something, but if there is no corresponding pseudo-appropriate action steps, you will never see it manifest in your life. If you believe God has called you to, um, you know, you believe God, and let's say he's really calling you to work at a certain place. You know it, you know that, and let's say it's true, but you never apply. You waiting for them to reach out to you. How many know you'll never see it manifest? even though it's what God has for you because you're not walking by faith. Now, let me give you a more specific definition, working definition of the abundant life, and it's simply this. Take a picture of it, write it down. Abundant life is the state of life that is above the average and beyond the statistical norm where you overcome every obstacle, every barrier, and every adversity that tries to keep you from experiencing God's best in every situation. Leave that up. Somebody shout, I want some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell three people around you. Just look at three real quick. Say, I want some of that. I want some of that. Now, I need you to get this. Did you say, did you say it to three people? Okay. <laughs> I need you to get this because people miss this. People's, uh, people's perception of the abundant life is way off. Ab abundant life doesn't mean problem-free. The abundant life does not mean problems don't, don't show up. It just means when they show up, I live above average in spite of the problem. <laughs> that, no, 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 I don't succumb to the norm of statistics the way other people may succumb. I overcome every obstacle, every barrier, every adversity that's trying to keep me from God's best for my life. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about my life right now. Now, here's what I want, you to, I want you to get to. The abundant life is not mainly about how much money is in your bank account. Nor is it about the type of car you drive. Nor is it about the square footage of your house. Uh, the abundant life is about a state of living. Somebody shout state of living. It's a state of living where you're enjoying life to the fullest. Some of you, man, money's not an issue for you, but you don't experience life to the fullest. You can have money and not be happy. You can have the car of your dreams and you're not satisfied because that's not what the abundant life is about. The abundant life is about a state of living. Somebody shout state of living. Now, let me give you this, man. We're going to hit a variety of things today. Let me give you this statement. The proven plan for the abundant life is the choice to live by what? Faith. To live by what? Faith. It's the choice to live by faith. And it is that disciplined choice that I make in the face of every problem or situation with a scriptural faith plan of action. Now, I, I believe I'm talking to some people in this room that want to live above the norm. Where, am I, where are those people at today that want to, no, no, I, I think I'm talking to people that go, I don't want to live average anymore. Amen. I don't want to live mundane anymore. 
I want to live life to the fullest. I, I, want, I want the next levels that God has for me. Not next level, next levels that God, we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and whatever level you're at right now, there's a whole nother one. There's another level of living where you're satisfied with life. There's another level of living where money's not an issue. There's another level, I'm, I'm jumping in, there's another level of living where you're no longer worried about receiving but about giving to people. I'm jumping, we're gonna come back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are caught up in people giving to you, you're not at the level God wants you to be. You're on your way, but you're not there. Now, in John, go back to John 10 because there are some proclamations of the Savior concerning the abundant life that I want you to see. There's, there's proclamations of the Savior about the abundant life. John 10, 10, let's go back to that. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. In this text, there's a couple things that Jesus reveals concerning the abundant life that he came to give that we need to kind of work through. Number one, and I'm going to give you both of them, then we'll break them down. There's the problematic agenda of Satan. Number two, there's the prosperity agenda of the Savior. Okay, two, everybody say two things, two things. Let's, let's break them down. Let's deal with the problematic agenda of Satan. Because in this text and in other parts of the scripture, other parts of scriptures, we have, it reinforces, you and I have a very real adversary. Yes. He, tell your neighbor, he's real. Yes. Very real adversary that wants to do nothing but steal, kill, and destroy concerning you. No, no, hear me. You gotta understand the devil is real. Not what you see in movies. Now what you see in movies, that's Hollywood. That's no, 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 no. Because watch, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me reinforce the stuff you see on Hollywood. That stuff is most times, that's, I've dealt with a variety of demonic stuff. That stuff is not real. There's no little girl coming down this, these doors. You know, do I talk about the body and the blood? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. That's good. I saw the pre, just stupid. There's, uh, there's no demon coming out from the elevator and all that stuff. And if I ever hear in my house, get out. You get out. You ain't paying no bills. My, no, my point is, my point is, the way Hollywood portrays demonic encroachment is not what the Bible says. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Notice in John 10, where they, they, uh, they can bring it up. You can just look, look at it. Notice in John 10 that Jesus does not, he refers to the enemy as a thief. He didn't call him a robber. No, a robber and a thief are two different things. A robber confronts you head on and makes their intentions known of what they're going to do. A thief tries to get in and get out with your stuff without you knowing that they were there. By the time you discover it, they're gone. Jesus says Satan is a thief. He, he's trying to do things in your life without you knowing he's there. 
By the time you realize it, he's gone. See, this is what parents don't understand. What, while you are fussing and fighting with each other, so he baits you, gets y'all to go off on each other, and while you're doing it, he's being a thief in your children's room. Because he's telling them they're doing that because of you. He's a thief. Somebody say thief. thief. Come on, no. He's a, he's a thief. He, want, he wants to be in your life without you knowing it's him. So he wants to influence you to burn some sage. So that you open up stuff in your life. The Bible, no place, nowhere, no how, tells you to consult crystals. It's not biblical. You could you consulting crystals to get an answer. Hear me, you thinking crystals give you energy. That's the Bible does not say that. No. And we cannot compartmentalize the Bible to areas of our life that we wanted to deal with. This word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You are supposed to get counsel from the Holy Spirit and many lead you to. I don't need to pick up a crystal to get energy. I got the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. You, you're gonna go and you you're gonna go and you're gonna you want to try to talk to a dead relative you you can't the Bible says once people die they can never communicate with the earth realm again so you don't realize you're you're consulting with a familiar spirit now the body of Christ is a trip I'm into crystals that's not what the body no you into demonic stuff that's not what the Bible says you, why are you playing with a Ouija board? Come on. You're opening up doors. If you read in the box, it says before you're done, shut the door. And now you want to know why stuff's happening in your house and all that stuff because you're letting things in. The Bible talks about in Old Testament, get the curse thing out your house. Ooh, some of y'all not clapping on that. You mad because you got an appointment with a crystal specialist this week. No, I mean, it's amazing when, when we're, we're traveling and you got um, palm readers and fortune tellers. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit. I want to go up to them so bad and, and want to read their mail. I want to go up to them and read them. The Holy Spirit didn't tell me to do it. I'm not doing it. I want to read their mail. Because what? A, a fortune teller is nothing more than a perverted gift of word of knowledge or prophecy. That's all it is. But the, my point on this, the enemy's a thief. He wants to, he, listen, look at me. He doesn't care what he uses. Believers don't, I didn't, I'm not, I got to move. He doesn't take time off because you're having a hard time. He wants to come at you with everything he can to destroy your life. He's not going to go, oh, they're having a hard day. Let's come back tomorrow. No, 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 no. He will use whatever, whenever, however. He does not care. He'll use your past. He'll use your present. He'll use loved ones. He'll use strangers. He'll use enemies. He'll use your pastor. He does it. If he can use anybody, any place, anywhere, he will make you think he's using people that he's not using. 
because you got a problem in your life. Two people are talking and you way over here. You think they're talking about you. They don't even know you. But then the enemy will turn around and go, they're talking about you. People, people do that all the time. People say, I'll be preaching some. And in the midst, everybody look around. Look at all these people in there. They go, he was talking right about me. He looked at me. He was talking right about me. I don't even know your name. Now, if what I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit is reading your mail, that's not my problem. That's you. Amen. The enemy will use whatever. He doesn't care. Because he, watch, get this. He wants to use whatever draws the least amount of attention that he's there. Oh, I got to show y'all something. I'm, oh, no, we, we, we miss it. We miss it. We miss it. The, watch, I'm going to show you something. The, the greatest smoke screen for him is people. Because you focus on what somebody's doing to you versus what's prompting them to do it. That's worth coming to church today. So he focuses on people because people are the easiest smokescreen because we get caught up in what the person said, what they did, and all of your energy is on them. And the enemy was like, I got them. They don't even know I was here because you were focusing on Sally on Laquita, and, and, what, versus what spirit was prompting them to do it. Go to Ephesians 6. Let me show you. Let me show you it. Ephesians 6, verse 12. The New Living Translation says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Touch your neighbor on either side. Touch and feel that they're flesh. If your hand passes through them, make them cast them out. Touch either side. Feel the flesh or the show, whatever. Do y'all do y'all feel that? If it looks like that, feels like that, that's not your enemy. That's not the enemy. The Bible just said you're not fighting against that. That is not your enemy. That's a smoke screen. What's the Bible say? What's the enemy? But against evil rulers and authorities where? You can't see this enemy, but you can see manifestation against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits where? In heavenly places. Spiritual warfare is satanic encroachment on all fronts that can show up any place, anywhere, any time. And what the enemy wants you to think is it's the person when it's a spirit prompting the person. So that you, you get so caught up in the person, you miss who's the root behind it. Because my fight's not with you. Now, I don't watch. That doesn't mean I like you, but my fight's not with you. In other words, I'm not getting caught up and getting stuck in what you're doing. I know there's an enemy. And see, watch. When you get revelation of who you are in God, that's when you are no longer surprised by what people do. It wasn't my enemy that forsook me. It was you, my closest friend. No, when, when you begin to watch, the, hear me, the dangerous thing about stepping into your purpose is haters come out of the woodwork. They're cool while you're not doing nothing, but the moment you step out, haters come out the woodwork. Watch, and it's not even about them. It's the enemy trying to get you to, baby girl, I ain't stopping because you're jealous. I ain't stopping because you don't think I should be doing what I'm doing. 
Now, let me give you this real quick. Was I, are y'all, who am I talking to for real? Come on, if you're going to live the abundant life, you got to be able to get past what people think. You got to be able to get past what people think. You got to be able to get past what people think. Because people will say stuff to keep you down. People will say stuff to prevent you from stepping out. People, you get blessed with something new and people are jealous, so they say stuff to try to make you not feel good about, you know, what God is doing in your life. Some people, man, they get blessed and they don't want nobody to know because they're scared of the persecution. People that don't care, man, they, they don't care what people think. You, you're not working. You're not, I'm the one putting the work in. You're not putting the work in. So I, I don't, come on. Come on, no, people want to criticize me, you know, for how I live and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, so if I was up here, if I came up here with holes in my shoes, hold, then you'd be like, that's a shame. All that wordy preaching is not working for him. Come on. If that word is real, how come it's not working for him? But watch, don't hate me because I roll with a Victoria's Secret model. Don't, don't hate me because of how I live. After 20, I mean, I've been, this church 23, I've been doing this for over three decades. If I got no fruit, there should be a question, what is going on? And guess what? I ain't ashamed of it either. I ain't ashamed of it. Happy and you don't like it. <laughs> I ain't coming back to this church no more. The door is right there. Let me give you Satan's agenda. Let me, come on, y'all messing around. Stop it. What are y'all doing? Let me, let me give you, this is Satan's agenda. We're going to bring it up on the screen. This is Satan's agenda, no matter how you slice it. This is what he's after. Can y'all bring that up for me? Because I think I, we're going to put it all up on the screen at one time. We're going to go fast. But I, this is, oh, are we, oh, we're going to put it up one by one. Okay, so we'll do real quick. This is Satan's agenda. Number one, Satan desires to replace and overthrow God. So I'm just going to give these to you. You can go look at these. I give you scripture. You're going to look at them. I'm not going to expound because I just want you to foundationally see this is his agenda. He wants to replace and overthrow God. Number two, Satan desires to embarrass God via our disobedience. That's what he told God with Job. He told God with Job, you know, I'll get him to curse your name. Number three, Satan wants to impose his will in the earth. He wants to impose, take pictures. I need y'all to be, hear me. I'm giving you seven things. This is his agenda. He wants to impose his will on the earth. No matter how you slice it, that's what he's after. Number four, Satan wants to eradicate the plan of God. He wants to eradicate the plan of God down to the plan of God in your life. He wants to eradicate it. He wants you to walk away from it. He wants you to backslide, not so you're not born again. He wants you to backslide so you never fulfill the purpose that God has. Because catch this, in your purpose, you draw thousands out of the kingdom of darkness into kingdom of light. Number five, Satan wants to torment and terrorize all who are made in the image of God. Yeah. Watch, he wants to torment and terrorize you because your image terrorizes him. Amen. When you open your eyes, he's terrified because you are a constant reminder of what he's not. Oh, I just heard, got a download. The reason why the enemy works hard from your birth to try to get you to not like you, because when you finally accept you and like you, it is a constant terror to him because your image is a constant reminder that what he wanted to be, he'll never be. Number six, Satan wants to blind people the truth of God's word. 
That's why you got to be patient with people who don't see it, they don't get it. People, you ever see somebody, man, that the, the truth is right there in front of them, but they don't see it? You get all frustrated. They're blinded at the moment. Instead of attacking them, what you need to do is intercede that the blinders are removed. Number seven, Satan wants to attack man's body via oppression or possession of his soul. That's what Satan is after. Satan is after either possessing the unbeliever or oppressing the believer because the believer can never be possessed. Possession means ownership. Once you get born again, you can never be possessed by the devil, but you can be oppressed by the devil. And there's a fine line. And sometimes they both look the same in manifestation. But when I'm oppressed, you don't own me. When I'm possessed, we got to change your ownership. Amen. So I could spend I could spend a week on each one of them, but that is the agenda of Satan. Those several things you need to remember. That is what he's after. It's seven things that he's after. He, watch what that allows him to do is steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the cool thing. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus came for us to have life and have it more abundantly. So you see the proclamations of, you know, the Savior is, you know, we, we start, we're really starting to walk through. There's this problematic agenda of Satan, but then there's the prosperity agenda of the Savior. Amen. And Jesus reinforces this God-proven plan for you, catch this, for you to have victory in every area of your life. Amen. Somebody shout every area. Amen. No, he wants you to have victory in every area of your life so it locks the devil out. The devil's frustrated because he's come at you with everything including the kitchen sink and it didn't make you bitter, it make you better because he's locked out. The devil can only go off of facts, never truth. So the devil does not understand after all that you've been through, after all that he's hit you with, after all the times you got put on your face, you still got the audacity to get up and give God praise. He doesn't understand. But you got revelation that what you did to me, it was good for me. What you did, it helped me become who I'm called to be. So I lift my hands and give him praise. 3 John, go there real quick. 3 John verse chapter 1. 3 John 1 verse 2. 3 John, go to the back of the Bible if you're turning or just look on the board. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly and it's reinforced in the Old and New Testament again and again and again. Go to Romans 8. I was going to take you to Isaiah 45 but for sake of time. Isaiah 45, God says, I'll give you the treasures of darkness. <laughs> Hidden riches in secret places. Do you know there's, there's riches in places you don't know about? But go to Romans 8 real quick. Romans 8, because I want you to see this about God's heart for you to live the abundant life. Romans 8.32 is really a mind. You got, it's a mind shift. You got to think about this. Romans 8.32, it says, He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things. God says, if I did not withhold my son from you, will I not give you everything else? 
You don't ever have to worry about God, do you want me blessed? God says, if I, if I didn't keep Jesus back, I will not keep anything back from you. Now, get this as I got I to close for today. God's purpose for your abundant life must not be misunderstood. The abundant life for you is not mainly just for you. <laughs> God wants to bless you with others he has in mind. <laughs> no, God blesses you with more than you in mind. No, no, God cuts covenant with Abraham. And as soon as he does it, he says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm never blessing you just for you. I'm always blessing you with other people in mind. Uh, no, 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 no. The abundant life in your life is not about hogging up stuff. It's about being a channel. It's about being a channel that God can flow through to bless other people. No, but people, the church is so narrow-minded, and I, if you're here, man, we're going to switch that. No, Luke chapter 6 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. And we totally missed the revelation because we now go around and go, Lord, I thank you. I, I'm giving and I thank you God that it's pressed down, shaken together, running over men given to my bosom. So your, your faith and your expectation is about men given to you. Men given to you. You're looking for men to bless you. You're looking for men to bless you. You're looking for men to bless you. But watch when you get revelation of the abundant life you, you're, you go past people given to me. You go God make me one of those people that you give through. Elevate my resources so that I can be a person that I can bless other people. God says, I want you to be in a place not where everything you have is going towards you, but I can take what you have and I can go, go pay her mortgage this month. I can take what you have and go, go pay their doctor bill. I can take what you have. I can take your marriage and help somebody else's marriage. I can take your, where's my single people? Where's my, where's, a, no, let me quote, put your hand down. Where's my successfully single people? people. God says, I want to take your life where you're not looking for a person. You're not thinking that you're incomplete because you don't have somebody. You are satisfied by yourself in me. And I can take you in that blessed state and connect you with somebody else to see a man can never satisfy you. A woman can never satisfy you. I'm your satisfaction. I'm your deliverer. I'm your healer. God says, I'm looking for somebody that says, make me a channel. God, I thank you for everything you've done for me, but now I want to do stuff for you. Make me a channel that I can bless people. Make me a channel I can pay somebody's education off. Make me a channel that I am the scholarship committee. Make me a channel that I can bless other people with my life. Because God says the abundant life is not limited down to you having a nice car. Nothing wrong with a nice car. Nice cars are good. But God says the abundant life is about you living at a different level in the totality of your life where your priorities are straight. Let me say this and I'm done. Money will never satisfy you. Now, I know some of you think when, when you don't have any, when, you, when you're just trying to get to ground zero, you're like, well, you think, you think if I just had a little bit more money, 
The problem with that, once you get it, you're going to want more. If I just had a bigger house, once you get it, you're going to be frustrated because you done stored more stuff. If I could just, if I could just have more clothes, you, once you get them, you're going to have a storage problem. You're going to be frustrated. Material can never satisfy you. You can have all the red bottom shoes. It'll never satisfy you. You can have everybody around you going, girl, you look, you look good today. And on the inside, you don't like you. Because clothes don't make the person. The person makes the clothes. I can make, I can make Walmart turn eyes. I can pay less and go spend that money other places. I can be in a hoopty right now and get out and go, people go, there's something special about that person. You can be in a luxury car and nobody gets nothing because you think your worth is in what you drive. But the greatest fulfillment, the greatest fulfillment on the planet is when God uses your life to bless somebody else's life. That's the abundant life. I'm out of time for today. We got to stop. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Heads about quickly. Heads about quickly. Please don't move unless you have. If you have to, please go do what you got to do. I'm not trying to put you in bondage at all. But if you don't have to move, you just, you don't have to move. You're just trying to get to your car. Don't do that. But if you, if you need to move, move because do that. But if you don't have to move, please hold because we're just about done. And I want to make sure that we're not disrupting this important time. If you're in this building right now, You've never, would you bow your heads one moment, please? If you're in this building, you've never received Jesus as your Savior. This is your moment right now. This is your moment right now. What do you mean, never received Jesus as my Savior? You never received his free gifts of salvation and righteousness that he died for, for you to have. Maybe you're here and you've never done that before. This is your moment. God carved a niche out of eternity into time and placed it right here on Delcy Drive for you. So if that's you, man, and we want to give you this opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior today. If you're a backslider, what's that mean? You were living for God, but you left him for whatever reason. You got hurt by something, disappointed by something, and you walked away for whatever reason. And man, when you walk away, I've been there. I know what it's like. You get confused about how to come back. You don't think, you, you, gotta, you think you gotta jump through hoops. You don't. You come back the same way you left. You just make a decision to come back. So I'm gonna pray a prayer for anybody in this room, anybody online that's watching now, tomorrow, doesn't matter, that says, man, I'm not born again, but I wanna be right now. I want to give my heart to the Lord and receive what he did for me. Or maybe you're a backslider. You're like, I, I didn't know how to come back. Even if you did wrong while you've been gone, even if you went buck wild, it doesn't matter. God says, come home. So that's you. We want to pray for you today. Right where you are, man, we want to pray for you. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're in this room and you're like, Bishop, would you include me? Because I want to get saved today. Would you include me? Because I want to rededicate my life. I absolutely will but I just want to know who I'm praying for. And here's the last question as your head is bowed. I want you to think. If you died today, if this was it for you, your life was ending today, this was the last day that you were targeted to live on this planet, and after your last breath here, you're no longer alive, and you're in the face of God, are you ready to meet him right now? Are you ready to meet him? And it can't be, well, yeah, because I'm a good person. I've given money to charity. I go to church. None of those things make you ready. There's only one way to be ready is by simply receiving 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by me. He laid his life down for us. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And man, if you're here and you want to get saved or rededicate your life and say, hey, Bishop, include me in that prayer because I want to, I want to make that decision today. If that's you, hold your hand up right now. Hold it up high. I'll see it. God will see it. Hold your hand up high. I see your hand going up. Excellent decision. I see your hand going up. Excellent decision. You can put your hands down. That's good. That's good. We're going to pray a prayer. If you lifted your hand, man, I want you to repeat after us. Who's us? The rest of the church family. We've all said this prayer that you're saying. We're going to say it with you right now because we want you to know you're not by yourself. Online, man, you say the prayer if you need to. You say it right where you're watching. We're with you in this moment. Hundreds of people. A whole bunch of people in this room. We're, we're with you. Repeat this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me shedding your blood for me, going to hell for me, rising again, all for me. Today, right now, I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen, 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 amen. That's good. Now, if you're here, for those that got saved and rededicated, welcome, man, in or back into the family of God. That decision you just made here online, best decision you ever will make in your life. Best decision. And I always say this, please get this, being born again is not about being perfect. Being born again is about being an imperfect person and letting a perfect God perfect you all the days of your life. Man, if you, if you rededicated your life today, I remember, man, I rededicated, you, you have this mindset trying not to mess up. Well, how many know you're human? If, if you don't mess up in the next seven days in some way, you better than me, you should pass in this church. You're, you're human. It's not about not messing up. It's about when you mess up, get up. Learn from it, keep going, amen? So, congratulations, welcome in or back into the kingdom of God. Last thing is those, man, you wanna join this church. You're like, this is where I wanna be, this is where I believe God has called me to be. I wanna join this church. We say this, this church will change your life. We say, give us six months. Your life will not be the same. Who can say that is absolutely true? Keep your hand up. Everybody look around. Look around. All these hands. I, I, I can't say I'll pay you later. It's too many of you. This church will change your life. So if you want to join this church, man, today we want you to join. Maybe you're here. You're like, I don't know if I want to join, but I want to, I want to get some information. Help me make a decision about joining. We'd love for you to do that. So if that's you, you want to join today or you want to get some information to help you make a decision about joining, hold your hand up right now. Hold it up high. I see your hand going up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Make sure I got everybody. That's what's up. Make some noise for people holding their hands up. That's what's up. Oh, I see your hand. Okay, that's what's up. Yes, ma'am. I want to get in trouble with mama. I see your hand. Now, for those that lifted their hand, please hear me. I don't know if you can today. Today, after the second service, is the last getting to know victory. Today. That's a chance for you to hang out with Pastor Aisha and I, meet all of our leadership. We talk about the vision of this church, where we are, where we're going. And then you get a chance to ask us any questions about anything to help you make a decision, solidify it, if this is where God wants you to be. So for those that lifted their hands today, if you can come back, 
Right after the second service, you could go through getting to know victory. There's only two steps to join this church, getting to know victory and partnership. Pastor Ash and I host both of them. So if you can come, great. Maybe you're like, I can't come today, so you can catch the next one that's going to be, this will be the last one for the year. We'd love for you to come back today, but if not, you can come to the next one um, in the new year. But what I would like you to do, how can they, what can they do? Oh, you can hit that QR code. Yeah, I got that. I got that. But you can, so for those, you can hit the Q, can y'all bring the QR code back up? You can hit the QR code and you can, um, you can come, you can scan the register. Even if you're coming today, please register. If you can't come, register. Um, that way, if you're not here, they can catch you for the next one. Can y'all make some noise for all of those people? Man, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, for anybody that got saved today, rededicated today, you want to join the church. We're not doing a reception, but this is what I'd like you to do. After service, especially if you got saved or rededicated, but also if you want to join or get questions answered, would you greet us after service? Would you get in the line, center aisle, come and greet us? We'd love to just meet you, shake hands with you. Now let me say something to everybody. When we're not doing receptions like we're doing today, we're not doing it. After service, we always greet people. And a variety of you, man, you want to greet us, and we love you, we want to greet you. But when we're not doing a reception, I really want to keep the center aisle clear for anybody that got saved or rededicated or joining. Because how many know they may not wait? So could, could you, does everybody hear my heart? Please don't go, he don't want to talk to people. That is not true. We talk to people every week, but at times like this, and we're going to have more of them different times, I'm going to ask you, if you're part of this church, just for times like this, to not come up. Everybody do this. All right, we just greeted you. We love you. We, you, didn't, you didn't blow a kiss at me, man. Come on. So, yeah. So, do y'all hear my heart? So we can just keep it clear for people that, that got saved and rededicated. Those that got saved and rededicated, the aisle's going to be clear. So please come up. And visitors, yeah. If you're a visitor, we want you to come up and greet us today as well. Our church partners are going to, they're going to restrain themselves in Jesus' name. All right. Make some noise for Jesus, please. All right. Somebody shout, it's tithes and offering time. Now, if you love giving to God, make some noise. Here at this church, man, this is a tithing church. If you didn't know, this is a tithing church. We believe we give God the first tenth of any increase that hits our hand. Paycheck, fine money. Somebody gives us money. God gets the first tenth. It's his. It's not ours. Then we take the 90%, handle all of our responsibilities, and put money where? Put some in savings. What's left over is called your... Your excess, that is what you give offerings out of as the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. Now listen carefully, if you're a visitor from another church and you got your paycheck or whatever and you're supposed to pay your tithe this week but you're not at your home church, please do not pay your tithe here. Your tithe should go to your home church, not this church or any other church. If you want to sow an offering, cool, but don't give us another church's tithe. Now if you're here, you don't have a church home. If you're looking for one and you want to pay your tithe today here, you can as long as you don't have a church home. Now how do you give here in case you don't know there's several ways to do that number one you can go to our website you can give that way number two for those watching the address is on the screen you can mail something in or if you want to bring it up here some people rather do that there's a drop box outside the executive link you can do that while we're on it if you're here today you're giving by cash or check we don't want you to give loosely we want to put an envelope in your hand so if you need an envelope for your giving would you hold your hand up please and one of the ushers will come and put an envelope in your hand could y'all make some noise for the best ushers any place ever anywhere. Just keep your hand up. The ushers will come to you 
to put an envelope in your hand. For those, please listen, for those that are getting an envelope, if you don't know, we don't pass offering buckets, so the way you're gonna turn your envelope in, on your way out. There's two white bins on the back wall. Drop it in there, please, and it'll get to where it needs to get to. Another way to give is our mobile app. If you'll text VICCC space app to 77977, you can give that way. You can simply text the give. Just text VICCC to 77977. Lastly, if you have an equip account, you can give that way. All right, whatever you're giving with today, hold it up nice and high. If you're still filling out an envelope, take your time. Catch up to us when you're done. If you have nothing to give, hold your hand up with everybody else. Nobody left behind. Online, stop what you're doing. Hold up something. The fork, the knife, the orange juice. Wave it. Come on, wave it before the Lord. Speak to your seed. Say, seed, I know you can hear me. Everything has ears. I'm talking to you. Go now. Get in the ground. Increase. Multiply. And harvest, I'm calling you in to the kingdom of God and my citizen hand. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. All right, stand to your feet. Now, before we move, remember, none of our church family this week get in the line, let visitors and people that got saved rededicated. But if you need prayer, prayer's up to my left, your right. All right, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I got to go. But if you're not a partner of this church, right after the second service, you can join today. Give them a high five, a hug. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night online. Be blessed.